change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. You know, one of the marvelous attributes of God we read of in the Bible is His wonderful kindness. Yes, kindness. Titus chapter 3, for example, says in verse 4 and 5 the following tremendous words, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Did you get that word? Kindness. The word conjures up concepts such as friendliness, generosity, consideration, warm-heartedness, and concern. Yes, God is certainly kind toward us. He has shown His love in so many ways to each of us on a daily basis. The most extravagant expression was in the giving of His Son over 2,000 years ago for our salvation. In today's broadcast, Speaker Dan Shutt looks at the kindness of God in four ways. Kindness revealed, kindness received, kindness rejected, and kindness that rolls on throughout all eternity. We're sure you will enjoy this delightful message today, and that, most importantly, you will receive this great kindness shown toward you in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 3. And we're going to read beginning at verse number 3. Paul writes, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving different desires, divers' lusts, and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, or when, kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. I want to talk to you a little about the great kindness of God. You know, this is a theme that really stirs me. It's something, you know, that we look for in other people. I would like that my children and my grandchildren would think that I was a kind person. I would like to have people who live near me in my community that are kind people. Kindness is a quality that we all desire. Warm-hearted friendship and generosity. Kindness is something that we all prize. But you know, there is a view of God afoot today. That God is some cold-hearted, if he exists at all, being, and that really what God would like to do, perhaps more than anything else, is just simply judge people or condemn people or somehow operate in a way that seems against our best interests. And so it's really a wonderful thing to come in the gospel and just tell you that the God of the Bible, and the God of the gospel is a God of unmatched 
kindness. But there was a man that I met that lived on the street, a sweet man, really he was, and I enjoyed getting to know him. But one day I thought there was something that I did not know. You know what it was? I had never met his wife. And so one day we're standing in my driveway and I said to him, I said, you know what I'd really like? He said, what's that? I said, I'd like to meet your wife. I don't know how to describe this, but it was just a strange look came over his face. He said, then you come with me. And I will never, as long as I have my wits about me, forget what happened next. She was sitting at a kitchen table, staring off into space. She neither knew that I came in the room, nor cared. And the whole story became very obvious. Once a lovely, vivacious woman. You know, there's a lot of people I know that would have put her in an institution. Do you know people like that? I do. I'm going to tell you something even more heartrending. I know a lot of people that would have divorced her and would have moved on to somebody else. And I'm sorry to be so cold, but that's exactly the truth. I saw a man who day by day loved a woman who didn't love him in return. She wasn't able. A man who dressed her and fed her, got her up and put her back to bed for long, long years. I've never seen such kindness. You know, when I think about this little text that I have read, we have read not about the love and the kindness of a human being. We have read about the love and kindness of God our Savior that exceeds anything that this world has ever known or produced. Greater than the greatest anecdotes and stories that we might employ to illustrate what kindness means is the eternal love and kindness of God our Savior. I have four things that I want to talk about very briefly. I want to talk, first of all, about kindness that has been revealed. You know, a lot of times when we're reading in the New Testament, I don't know what the writer is thinking about when he was writing. I don't know, because I don't understand fully how inspiration worked. Don't know what his mind was taken up with. Don't know what they were thinking about. But you know what I have read in Titus chapter 3? I know exactly what Paul was thinking about when he wrote these words. I know exactly. You say, well, aren't you arrogant tonight? No, no, I'm not being that at all. But you know, that's the reason I read verse 3 before I read verse 4. You see, Paul was looking back to a day when he was absolutely undeserving of the kindness of God. Listen to what he was saying. I was foolish. I was disobedient. I was deceived. I was chasing different lusts and pleasures, and I was living in malice and envy, and I was filled with hate, and I was hating other people. I can almost see a tear come down the apostle's cheek as he thinks about all that he was, so undeserving. And then, to him, the kindness and love of God his Savior appeared. You know, there was that marvelous day on the Damascus Road. You can read it in the book of the Acts. When this man that was so filled with hatred toward God and hatred toward God's people, his hatred and his malice were so great that he was willing to murder people for the name of his religion. Hmm. And yet there came a moment when he was stopped in his tracks. As light from heaven smote him to the ground. Paul looked back to that point and said, The kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared. 
not by works of righteousness that I did, but according to his mercy, he saved me. Can I ask you a question tonight? See, the older I get, the less impressed I am with big fancy sermons and things. I'm not interested in them at all. I'm actually interested in just talking to people and trying to lay out these simple truths that mean so much to our own hearts. You know something? Paul looked back to a day when God's undeserved kindness and grace were revealed to him. You know, I can look back to a day like that. I wasn't a murderer like Paul. I wasn't a fully grown or fully developed sinner like he was. I discovered that I was guilty before God, that I had a burden of sin, that I was not ready to meet God. I didn't have a relationship with him. But I tell you, I look back to that glorious moment just in my own experience when the kindness of God was revealed to me, when I discovered that God had sent his son, when I discovered that Christ had come to Calvary, and that on the cross, bearing my sin, dying and suffering as my substitute, in one glorious moment, he became my Savior. Oh, the joy of God's kindness revealed. You know, if you're a believer tonight, I hope this means something to you. Do you look back to a time like that? Because if you don't look back to a time like that, you're not a believer. And the point of this meeting is that you will have a time like that. When you understand how much God was willing to give when he gave his son, and how much God and the Lord Jesus was willing to give when he gave himself. When I look at the cross, this is what I see. The kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. And when I look at the saving grace of God in the lives of sinners, I see this. Such kindness. Such undeserved love. Such wondrous grace. Oh, I tell you, it's a great thing to be able to say tonight. He saves us. But I want to just not only talk about kindness that is revealed, but I want to talk about the importance of kindness that is received. You know, back in the Old Testament is a beautiful story, 2 Samuel chapter 9, if you want to check me up after the meeting, a story about King David. There was a civil war in the land of Israel, and David was the victor. And his enemy, King Saul, and his son, Jonathan, were killed. And there's a lot of complicated parts to that story, but I've just netted it out. Now, here's what happened in those times, and I'm not justifying this one way or the other. I'm just telling you how it was. That when one side won, everybody that was connected with the other side really forfeited their right to live. It was the prerogative, the right of the victor, to kill the vanquished, and particularly the sons of Saul and the grandchildren of Saul, David had every right to hunt them down and to kill them. But one day, David said something quite extraordinary. He said, is there anybody left of Saul's house and Jonathan's house that I may show, I want you to listen to this, that I may show the kindness of God to them. Are you kidding me? Kindness? This was the family that was against him. 
These were the enemy. Suddenly David is saying, I want to show kindness. And it was discovered that there was a grandson of Saul, a man. I hope you mothers will not name your children after this man. His name was Mephibosheth. What a horrible thing to do to a child. But nonetheless, Mephibosheth is a refugee. He really was a man named Mephibosheth. And David said, I want that man. And I want him to come to me because I want to show not the kindness of David. I want to show the kindness of God to him. I want you to use your imagination just for a second. Because I want you to pretend that you're Mephibosheth. And here you are. You've gotten as far away from David. As far away from the civil war. As far away from the danger as you could. And you're living, I don't know whether he was happy. But I know this. At least he was living under the illusion of safety. Far away from danger. And suddenly there is a messenger appears at his door. I'm from David. And I want you to come to the king. How would you react? I might be just a bit of a cynical person. (laughs) Forgive me for this. But I suspect that my first thought would be, (laughs) I'm not that stupid. Right? I'm under the sentence of death. Excuse me, but that seems like a non-starter from where I sit. But you know something? The story is very incomplete. And we don't know necessarily what Mephibosheth was thinking. But this is one thing I know. That when King David extended his kindness to Mephibosheth, he responded by coming to the king. And the man who was under the sentence of death found new life. I didn't tell you this. He was crippled in his legs. And David brought him so near that the man actually sat at David's table. And I learned this when I was just a little boy. I didn't invent this. I'm just repeating it. But you know, even his handicap was hidden under the table. I think there's something particularly sweet about that. That there were going to be no reminders of what he once was. But he was going to sit in a place of perfect acceptance and peace with David. And the blessing and kindness of David would flow to him throughout the balance of his life. What made the difference? It was kindness received. You see, it's one thing to stand up here and tell people that we have a kind God who wants to save them. That's what we've been telling you. That God longs to bless you by forgiving you of your sins. He longs to bridge the guilty distance that stands between us and God. He wants to have a relationship with us. And yet, sadly, perhaps in this meeting, there are people who are saying, I just don't know if I can trust God. I want to tell you, Mephibosheth's blessing depended on kindness that was received. Does everybody get that point? I don't want to go any further in the gospel meeting until every single person here understands this. There was a man who in loving kindness reached out to his enemy. And because that kindness was received, the enemy was an enemy no longer. The man who was far away was now brought near. And the kindness and love replaced the hostility and the distance. And David saved him. Have you ever received the Lord Jesus? Have you ever taken God up on his word that the person that comes to him will never be cast out? God is not playing a cruel joke on sinners tonight. God is not asking people to come near so that he can harm them. God is calling people to come near so that the fullness of his kindness can be revealed to them.
God wants you to accept his love, to accept his kindness, to receive his son, and to receive the forgiveness of sins. You know, there's a third point, and I would not be honest with you really if I didn't talk about this. Kindness has been revealed in the person of Christ. And kindness can be received by those who heed the invitation. But I want to say something else tonight, and that is this, that kindness can be rejected. You know, there's a verse I've been thinking about. Back home in Detroit, we have, in some area Bible readings, been going through the book of Romans. And one of the verses that we spent some time on was found in Romans chapter 2. It is the idea that people could presume on the riches of God's kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Why is God being so good to us? But you know, when you read the New Testament, how many times did Jesus call people to come to him? How many times? The New Testament doesn't record everything, so I'm just going to tell you what's written down in the Bible. I don't know of anybody in the New Testament that Christ called twice. I just don't. I think about Nicodemus, and I think about Zacchaeus, and I think about different people that the Lord Jesus met. How many times did he call them? Called them once. You say, what point are you making, Mr. Shutt? I'm going to tell you. Most of us here in this room have heard the gospel over and over and over again. We've all heard it plenty of times. We don't deserve that. There's no reason that God should do that. And if God wanted to, he could do what he did in the past. Just call once and go on his way. But you know, that makes this gospel meeting so much more important for you. Because Paul says, are you going to turn your back on this kindness of God? This long-suffering, this patient grace that has spoken to you again and again and again? Are you going to refuse his kindness? You know, there's something about preaching the gospel as we do that is very solemn. I like to preach the gospel. hope that comes across in the way that I speak it. But, you know, here's what makes this a very serious job. There are people that I preach to for years. I've been preaching the gospel for over 40 years. And there are people who have sat for decades in gospel meetings that I have preached and others have preached. You listening? The day came when they passed into eternity and they were not saved. Regardless of how much gospel they heard and how much of God's pleadings with them in his kindness and in his love, they rejected it. And tonight they're in hell. I wish I didn't have to preach like that, that they refused God's kindness. And now they are irretrievably lost. Dear friend, tonight, as I said, I'm not preaching. I'm pleading. Do not miss the Savior. Do not trample his kindness underfoot. Do not pass by the great gift of his love, the Lord Jesus, that he has given so freely for us. Because while kindness can be received, kindness can be rejected, and souls can and will be lost. There's one other verse that I have been thinking about, and I'm going to read it to you. You don't need to turn to it. But it's found in Ephesians chapter 2, and it is describing the blessing of people. 
who come and receive Christ, just says this, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I read here about kindness that rolls on to eternal ages. You know something, folks? It's a great thing to be saved. I think if there's a defect in my preaching, at least, it's that I forget to tell people just how wonderful it is to be saved. How wonderful it is to discover God's kindness and love for me. How wonderful it is to receive that kindness and receive Christ and depend on him for the forgiveness of my sins. And how wonderful it is to look to the future and know that throughout the endless days of eternity, what a meaningless statement, I don't even know what that means, but forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and forevermore, that those who trust Christ will be the object of his kindness and his love forever and ever. Dear friend, tonight, come to Christ. He longs to show his kindness. He longs to forgive your sins. He longs to draw you near. He longs to bless you forever and ever. After that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. May the Lord help you to be saved tonight, and then you'll understand really what it means, the kindness and love of God our Savior. Yes, the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And throughout the ages of eternity, how wonderful is that? The question is, do you know anything here and now about the kindness of God to you with regard to your soul's salvation? If you have never experienced God's undeserved grace and kindness to you here in this life, if you don't know what it means to be rescued from sin's penalty, and born again into the kingdom of God, then, as Mr. Shutt explains, you have never been saved. God has provided forgiveness through Christ's death on the cross. The gospel message gives individuals the opportunity to receive it or to reject it. So how about you? Have you accepted Christ as your own personal Savior? If so, when? Can you look back to a time when you were saved? We trust that you will consider the matter very seriously. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. 
Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. 